Hello and welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. We're glad you joined us today and we sincerely hope that you're blessed with today's message. This afternoon, I want to talk to you about something that I've, I've spoken on before, but uh, at the same time, it's a message that we need to hear. How many are thankful for certain principles and foundations in the Word of God that never get old? Are you thankful for that? Are you thankful for His mercy, for His grace, that you were able to wake up today and just breathe fresh air? That you were able to just walk out of bed? You know, some of us have maybe been given a, a sentence by a medical technician, a doctor or something, and here you are today as a living survivor of, of that. Amen? And so be thankful for those little things. But today I want to speak to you or share a message that I've titled Restore, Rebuild, and Renew. Everybody say that with me. Restore, Rebuild, and Renew. All of us need to be restored at different times. Did you know that? Even as, as, as great believers that you are, and none of you are perfect. Did you, have you figured that out yet? None of you are perfect. I am not perfect, and neither are you. The, the minute you walked into this church building, you made us an imperfect church. So let's get that out of the way right now. There is no perfect church. There is no perfect person. And because of that, we have to be restored. We have to be rebuilt, and we have to renew our mind. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. Because the, the danger when you don't is that something becomes so decayed that then it becomes worthless. It's no longer of value or service. Ever have something that just fell apart? Maybe it was your dishwasher. Maybe it was your vacuum cleaner. Whatever it was, it usually fell apart because you didn't take care of it. You didn't maintain it. You, maybe it could have been a car. Maybe it was a relationship. Ooh, God forbid. But we have to maintain our relationships as well. In other, in other words, for them to continue to be a blessing to us. Let's, uh, let's bow our heads right now and pray. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for this time. Now I pray that the words that I share for these next few moments, that you would anoint the ears of every hearer, that those that would listen online later to this message would receive these words and that they would look at their life and, and internalize where their life is at and what they need to do. Lord, help us not to be like the person in the book of James that looks in the mirror and walks away and doesn't do a thing once seeing their condition. But Father, help us today to receive. I pray, give me the words to speak today. And I thank you, Lord, for your word that endures forever. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. So, here we go. I truly believe that there's many of you here today, many of you here like, Myself that had a vision at one time, and I often said this, God will give you a vision. God will give you an, a, a dream. How many have had a dream or a vision when you first became a believer, or somebody spoke a word over you, and God gave you something and you held on to it, but over the years, over the years, slowly, slowly it eroded, and now you look back at that dream, and it's, it's just it's like a, a glimpse of something that you're not sure if that was ever really true. Anybody feel that or know what I'm talking about? Something that may have been snatched from you at one time. And I'm here to remind you that the Lord gave that vision to you, that dream to you. He will never take that away. He will never, ever 
go against his word. If he promised you something, he will never remove it from your life. Amen? We give up on that. We allow Satan, we allow ourselves to give up on the dream, on the hope that God has given us. Let me remind you of people like King David who had an affair. Yet God was able to greatly and mightily use the man. He had to repent and God used them greatly. How about Gideon? Gideon is known as a mighty man of valor. Yet before he became a mighty man of valor, he was shaken in his boots. The Bible says he was afraid. He was afraid. He shook like a little baby. But God used him to become a mighty man of valor. How about Moses? The Bible says he was a murderer. A murderer. Yet God was able to use him greatly. He restored, he rebuilt, and he renewed each one of these people. Just two weeks ago, I talked to you about Peter, about how God allows men and strong men even to fall. God will allow that. God God will just sit back and he'll leave us to our own devices. He'll leave us to our own choices. And he allowed Peter not only to deny him three times, Remember what I mentioned, even a little girl came up and began to accuse Peter and Peter was shaking and, and he violently, violently cursed them and said, no, I had nothing to do with that man, Jesus. And a little girl had him shaking in his boots. And yet God greatly used that man, Peter. Amen. God greatly used him. Jonah, we know, ran from God. Jonah didn't want to do what God had wanted him to to preach the message. And Jonah said, no, I don't like those people. See, Jonah had a problem with this thing called prejudice, which exists in our world today. And one of the great blessings I have here as your pastor is I get to see the colors of the rainbow that are going to be in heaven. Amen. Aren't you thankful for that? That you get to see what heaven's going to look like. It's not all going to be my color or my brother's color or my sister's color. It's going to be all of us. Amen. I'm thankful for that. And, and here we are reminded that even somebody like Jonah who ran away from preaching to a people he didn't like. God finally got a hold of him. He repented, spoke the message he was supposed to speak to the Ninevites. And God's will was fulfilled. God has to restore, rebuild, and renew even those mighty men. How much more does he got to do it with you and I? How much more? See, Jesus can begin to pick up the pieces and rebuild your life. You may be here today thinking, you don't know what I've done, Pastor Rick. You don't know how far away I've gotten from the Lord. And, and you can't do it by yourself. And let me tell you, you're absolutely right. You cannot do it by yourself. You can't. You can't. We cannot do it ourselves. We'll always fall short. But when we allow the master builder to begin to put the place, the pieces back into place, only then can you become restored, rebuilt, and renewed. Aren't you thankful for that? Amen? I want to talk to you. First point on your outline is the word restore. Restore means to bring back to its former state. To bring back from a state of ruin, of decay, uh, disease, or the like. To repair, to recover. We've all had um, 
uh, things that we've restored possibly in your, in your homes. Uh, just this past week, the church here, Open Door Church that meets here in the morning, had donated these cabinets to uh, our kids' church. And they said, Anna, you can use these in kids' church. And so I picked them up this week and I brought them home. And so Saturday I spent the, uh, the morning sanding them and I sanded them because they were ugly. And I could show you pictures, but they were ugly. And I know why they were giving them away because they were ugly with a capital U. So I sanded them down and then I, got, had, I have lots of paint at home and painted them. And they look really good, if you don't mind my saying. They look really good. And I was able to restore them back to a usable and presentable condition. That is what we did, and maybe some of you like to do that. I have a sister, my youngest sister, who loves to restore things like that. She'll take and buy things at a garage sale. She's like a MacGyver. She turns something that you don't think has a chance in, in you know where and can restore it and make it look brand new. She's amazing when it comes to that. She has a talent. And, and she's, she's even done automobiles. She's worked on cars, on the paint, and refinished cars. I, I'm serious. This girl is talented. She puts all of us to shame. But uh, here's what I want to remind you. The Word of God says this in the book of Joel, chapter 2 and verse 25. The Lord says, and I will restore to you the years. Everybody say years. years. And you know why that's important? Because he knows it can be years that, that there will be a falling away that we may have from the Lord. And he'll, he wants to remind us, I will restore to you the years the, the locust hath eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. The Lord is reminding us that he's in the restoration business. Amen? Amen. You know, my, my sister's great at restoring things. But she doesn't compare to my God. My God can restore anything. Anything. Don't ever kid yourself and say, Oh, you don't know, Pastor. You, you don't know how bad I am. My, my spiritual condition. My physical condition. It doesn't matter. I gave you some great examples of some men in the Bible that God used mightily. Amen? Psalms 51 and verse 12. And, and for those of you that, that don't know, Psalms 51 is is the great prayer of David. David, after he sinned and had an affair with Bathsheba, he cried out, Psalms 51. And this was his repentant prayer. And I don't know about you, but there's times where I get on my knees and I read that verse by verse by verse because I feel, not that I've committed an affair, but I feel that I need to repent in the same way and with the same words that David used. And there's such a cleansing that comes. Let me read to you Psalm 51 and verse 12 in your outline. It says, Restore to me the joy of your salvation. What is that saying? God is saying, when you first got saved, when you first became a believer, there was a joy. There was a smile. Things were going your way. Everywhere you'd look, it, it turned to gold, it seemed like. Everywhere you went, things were, were, were clicking. And now... It's not that way, possibly. The Lord is saying here, restore to me the joy, or David is saying to, me, to, to the Lord, restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit. See, we cannot be restored unless we're willing to repent, unless we're willing to make a change. 
You can pray all you want, but if you're not willing to make a change, a willing spirit, because that willing spirit will sustain you. That willing spirit will carry you, and eventually it will restore you back to where you were, back to the joy of the Lord. How many remember the first time they got saved? Remember that? Was there a joy in your heart? Was there a joy in your soul? Was there a skip in your step? Right? Is it still there? Yes, it is. It is. Sometimes we just got to look for it. We got to unbury the mess that it's become. Because the world, again, wants to make this complicated and wants to take away and remove any joy you may have. But I want to remind you today, God is in the restoration business. Did you know that the word restore, this, this is the point I want to get across to you, that God is in the restoring business. The word restore is used over 122 times in the scriptures. That's not by accident. You didn't use it once, twice, 10 times, 50 times. The word restore is used 122 times. That's to remind you and I that no matter how far away you feel from the Lord, no matter how far away you feel from the way it used to be, he wants to restore you. He wants to restore you. And he wants to restore you today. Amen? Amen. The Lord wants to bring us back to that vision he's given you, to that dream he gave you. You know, I've shared with you so many times here my testimony of when I first got saved of the Lord calling me and I really felt that the Lord called me to share his word because when I first got saved, I became a sponge, a sponge. I just, I, I couldn't get enough of the word. Uh, I, I couldn't, I can't tell you, but I probably memorized, I want to say thousands of scriptures at that time and, and I could retain them back then. Now it's not so easy, but, um, but back then it just came to me so easily. And um, before I even go there, I've mentioned to you that I had two people in my life that came and witnessed to me. One of them was Larry Hamilton when I was 20 years old. 20 years old. Witnessing to me at night when I I didn't want to hear it. And I would just tell him, Larry, after repeated attempts, I said, Larry, take your blankety-blank stuff and I don't want to hear it. Because I wasn't, I was convicted by, I didn't know what it was, but it put me in a bad spot where I didn't feel good about myself. And I told him, take it away. And he meant well, but what he didn't know, or what I didn't know was he planted a seed. He planted a seed. And then four years later, at the age of 24, my Uncle Jimmy, who's sitting right here with me today, sitting here in this congregation, he came and knocked on my door. And he's holding a Bible like this, wearing a three-piece suit. Sorry, you're not wearing a three-piece suit today, but that's all right. None of us here are either. And he came and shared the word of God because I looked at him and I didn't understand what I was looking at. It didn't make sense to these eyes, to this mind. That wasn't, that wasn't the Uncle Jimmy I knew. That wasn't the man I knew. And so I had to hear the story behind that. I also was at a point in my, t- in my life where I was asking God that very month, that very month, I was asking God, God, are you real? I mean, I went to church as a CEO. I was a Christmas Easter only, pretty much. Uh, I had a, a, a faith 
a faith that I, I thought I knew who God was, but I didn't have a clue. But I was asking God, are you real? Because there's got to be more to life than this. There's got to be more to life than misery in a terrible marriage, falling apart, and, and all the misery that that brings. And all of a sudden I get a knock on the door. And I had to hear that. That was the beginning of this introduction to Jesus. The man that saved, Jesus saved my soul. Amen. And that was all because of Uncle Jimmy knocking on my door. Give, give the Lord a hand clap. Give the Lord a hand clap for what he does. What he does and what he's continuing to do. Amen. But here's the unfortunate thing. I, I came to know the Lord in 1984, March, March of 1984, I came to know the Lord. Um, I, I, I got baptized as well, and then it was just a short few years later, I think it was three years later, I, I walked away from the Lord. I've shared this with you all. I backslid. I, I mean, I walked away completely, and I started doing things worse off than I was before. And I found myself in a place that was worse off. That's why when I speak to you today on restore, rebuild, and renew, I'm speaking from my heart because I know what God can do. I know that he's a powerful God, all-powerful God. There's nothing too great for him. Amen? Aren't you thankful for that? The Lord never forsakes us. We forsake him. See, the word says he will never leave me nor forsake me. He'll never leave you nor forsake you no matter where you go, no matter what you do. Did you know that he's there with you in the middle of your worst sinful condition? He's right there with you. Did you know that? He doesn't abstain from, he's there with you. He is there every single, because the word said he will never leave you nor forsake you. Now I want to talk to you about rebuilding. He's, so he's in the restoration business. He's also in the rebuilding business, the Lord is. Rebuild, to build again as something which has been demolished, to construct anew, as to rebuild a house, a wall, a driveway, a city. Uh, there's so many things that you can rebuild. How many here like to rebuild things? You know, there could be auto stuff. It could be home decor. It could be cabinature, cabinet furniture, anything like that. Rebuilding, rebuilding. So the pictures you see behind me, let's go back to the one where devastation. Leave it right there for a second. I asked a friend uh, I went to high school with. Her name is Barb Corna. She's a teacher at Northwood Elementary School in Napa. Formerly my daughter, Raquel's teacher. But she and I graduated from school together. And she lost her house in the Northern California fires in Napa. She lost her house. And they had just built this house, I think, two years prior. Her and her husband, who, who's now retired, former firefighter in Napa. And they built their house up in East Napa. Beautiful home. And then to watch it burn down. Devastation. And you've heard these stories. We, as a church, gave thousands of dollars combined with our Napa church to the fire victims. We gave clothing uh, and so forth. And that's what you do in times of tragedy. But, you know, almost every one of us also knew somebody that was affected by the fire. Just by raising your hand, raise your hand if you knew somebody or maybe possibly even related to somebody. Raise your hand if you knew somebody that was affected by the fires. That's the majority of the people in here. Majority of the people. Not only was it Napa, it was Lake County, Sonoma Counties, 
devastation. So you can see this, there's nothing left. When a fire rages through, it devastates everything. Go to the next picture. And then they were able to clear up, clear out the land. And after a certain time, clean it up. They went into the rebuilding process. This was just uh, taken a few weeks back. My cousin Peter Gonzalez is doing all the electric in there. And go to the last picture. I think I got one more. And this is the front of their home right here. But see, we're, we can rebuild things. My point is, you and I can rebuild things like that. How much more do you think God Almighty is able to restore your life and take the pieces that are broken and restore them and make them brand new? Amen? You, God, you should be thankful for that. Amen? John chapter 2 and verse 19, and we can take those pictures down, but that's, that's where it's at right now. That's the current status of that home. They're almost getting ready to, to move in. They'll be finished here shortly. But John chapter 2 and verse 19 says the following. Jesus, in speaking to the Pharisees, said, Destroy this sanctuary, and in three days I will rebuild it. Destroy this sanctuary, and in three days I will rebuild it. What Jesus, again, is reminding the people is, not only is he in the restoration business, he's in the rebuilding business. He was talking about his, his body, that he would rise again, and rebuild his temple. They didn't understand him. But the point here I want to make to you and I. Is that he is in the rebuilding business. Amen. God can do anything. We have a, a certain tagline here. With God all things are possible. We, we preach that. We teach that here. With God, Say that with me. With God all things are possible. Do you believe that? Do you really believe it? Because that's the faith it requires for you to have a transformation in your life. And then Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20 reminds us in the word. It reminds us of this wonderful scripture. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. That's out of the King James Version. He can exceedingly and abundantly do all that we ask. It starts with asking. Say ask. Ask. You have to ask. There's another scripture that says you have not because you you ask not. Well, how, you know, my kids can't complain that I never gave them this because, well, did you ask? And, and if they ask, I can either say yes, no, or maybe. Kind of like the way God answers. You know, usually God answers though in yes, no, and wait. Maybe not right now, but wait. Did you know that? God will t often tell you, wait. But typically he says yes or no to those, to those questions. But thank God that he can abundantly, exceedingly abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, he's able to work in our lives. More than you can imagine. Amen. So God is in the rebuilding business. Point number three. And I'm going through these quick. I, I promise I wouldn't take a very long time here. But the third point is renew. What does renew mean? It means to make new again. To make something new. Not rebuild it, but to renew it. To restore to freshness, perfection, or vigor. To give new life to. To rejuvenate. To reestablish. To recreate. 
last week at our, at our sister church in Napa, they had a custom car show on their Easter Sunday. And there were a lot of vehicles there, I heard, that looked really nice. Some, some hot rods, some classic cars. Now, those have been renewed. They, they've been restored, rebuilt, and they're renewed. And, and it takes time and money to, and an investment to do that. And God is willing to do that in your life. He wants to do that. He so desperately wants to do that. He doesn't want you to walk out of here the same way you came in, hurting, possibly even lost, possibly feeling that nobody's for me. It's me against the world. God doesn't want you to walk out of here like this. He wants to give you a new life. He wants to rejuvenate your life. He wants to reestablish your life. Wants to put you back on track. Maybe you've fallen off off the track, so to speak. And he wants to put you back on the track where you belong. Back where your, your purpose is defined for you. Amen? Isaiah and 40, verse 31. Isaiah 40 and verse 31. One of my favorite scriptures in the word. But they that wait upon the Lord. I almost want to sing it every time I, I read this scripture. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Teach me, Lord. Teach me, Lord, to wait. There's an old song that goes out like that. But the Lord wants to renew your strength. Did you know that he wants to renew your strength today? You don't have to be sick and tired of being sick and tired anymore. God's saying, I want to renew you today. I want to rebuild you today. I want to restore you today. But we have to continue to have faith in him. Amen. Let me ask you a question today. Do you consider yourself a born again believer today? Then you have experienced the renewing in a spiritual way. But this is only the first step in a lifelong process where we must be renewed. In fact, the Bible says be renewed daily. Everybody say that with me. Daily. Wow. That's kind of like getting up and eating every day, huh? How many of you like to eat every day? Physical strength. Well, of course. You know why? Because if you don't, you'll die. If you don't, if you, if you quit eating, you will die. I promise you. If, if you don't trust me, challenge me. I'll, I'll, I'll take you up on that. But um, no, please don't. I, I take that back. But the, the, the point here is that our spiritual man and woman, our spiritual beings have to be renewed every single day. You can't expect to, to not feed your spirit and not die. Your spirit's going to die. Your spirit might be here today on life support. You might be here on life support. You might be hooked up to machines spiritually right now and you want to get back to where you should be. God wants to restore, rebuild, and renew you today. See, here's the, here's the thing. David knew this when he prayed Psalm 51. David prayed daily for renewing in his spirit. He Renew my heart, Lord. Renew my spirit, Lord, is what he cried out. If David, the great man of God, prayed that, how much more should you and I pray that? We need to pray, Lord, renew my spirit. Renew my heart. Renew my mind. You know, to be renewed, you must first become surrendered 
completely to God. So, so that might be the question. Well, Pastor Rick, I want to be renewed, but I don't know how. Well, let me tell you, it starts with this point right here, right here. You know what that means? Do you all know what that means? That's a universal sign. What does that mean? Very good. I surrender. It means I surrender. When we come here to church, it means I surrender to the Lord. I surrender. It means not my will, but your will be done. It has to start with that. We must first surrender our mind to the Lord. Our mind. But Pastor Rick, I don't want to become a robot. I don't want to become an autobot. I don't want to become any of those bots or whatever. I want to have my free mind, my, my thinking. It's not about that. See, God's word says that if he has your heart, he has you. If he has your heart, that's what he wants. He doesn't want your money. He doesn't want your uh, attendance. He, he doesn't want your giving. He, and that's terrible for a pastor to say. Let me just tell you right now. But he, what he wants is your heart. He wants your heart 100%. Because he knows if he has your heart, then he can use you greatly with your time, your talents, and your treasures. See, all of us have time, talents, and treasures. Pastor Rick, I don't know how to play a guitar. I can't play keyboard. I can't speak. Well, you may not be able to be gifted in any of those areas, but you have a gift in another area. You may be able to give in hospitality. You may be able to reach a certain segment that, that I can't, a certain segment of the population. If I don't speak Tagalog, Tagalog, but I, I can say a, 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 a few words, but I won't even try them here. But you do, and you can. I may not be able to speak a different dialect. I can speak Spanish and English. But you do, and you can reach certain people. Amen? We have to remember that we must first surrender our mind to the Lord. That's how he renews us. That's how he uses us. As I get ready to close, I would invite the worship team back up this afternoon. If the worship team can come up. I want to remind you again today. God is in the restoration business. Say that with me. Restoration. restoration. He's also in the rebuilding business. Say rebuilding. rebuilding. And he's also in the renewing business. Say renewing. renewing. I want to... Ask you to stand to your feet right now as we close. But as I mentioned those three words, restore, rebuild, and renew, I want you to think right now about your soul right now, about your spirit. If, if you find yourself in a place this afternoon where you, you are not where you should be spiritually, and only you can answer that, nobody else can answer that. I can't answer that for you. And I pray right now, first, let's, let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. I don't want anybody looking around. Just you and God. You and God right now. And I want you to ask yourself this question. Lord, check my heart. Check my spirit. Is there any bitterness I'm harboring? Any unforgiveness I'm harboring, Lord? Is there anything that's prevented me from being completely and wholeheartedly surrender to you. Is there a relationship? Is there a drug? Is there a vice that's keeping me? Keeping me from being renewed, being restored? Lord, 
I surrender right now. I surrender right now to you. I don't want to leave here the same. I want to leave here transformed, restored, rebuilt, and renewed in my spirit. It doesn't solve everything. All the problems don't go away today, just like that. But you have now hit the reset switch. And now things are going to start to click. Things are going to start to go your way that weren't going before. So if that's you right now, with your heads bowed, I want to pray for you. I want to know who I, I need to pray for this week, not only today, but if that's you and you, you know you should be in a, in a different place spiritually. You know that God has been speaking to you. If that's you, just raise your hand so I can pray for you this week. Pray, raise your hands this, this afternoon. I see the many hands. There's many hands. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You can lower your hands. What I want to tell you right now, church, with your heads bowed still, just listen to this. The Lord hears that. He hears your heart. He hears your spirit. And you please Him when you surrender yourself to Him. You please Him. Maybe those are words you haven't heard in a long time. Maybe those are words you haven't heard recently. But you please Him when you surrender to Him. When you say, Lord, not my will, but let your word will be done. When you say, Lord, you take the wheel. I'm tired of driving. I'm tired of managing my life the way I've been doing. Lord, you take the wheel. You please the Lord when you do that. Now I promise you that He's going to begin to restore. He's going to begin to rebuild and renew what has been stolen from you by the enemy. See, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And by God's strength, we are here to conquer, to walk and step on scorpions, and, and to, to walk in the power and authority of the name of Jesus Christ. Amen? We're here filled with His Spirit, ready to just take on the challenges that come at us.